Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I'm your host, I'm Agrich, and today with me is uh, Jeroen Broekema. He is uh, one of the, you were one of the founders of uh, Founding Circle Netherlands, right? Yeah, I mean, we started the business here in the Netherlands. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah welcome, uh, Jeroen. Uh, well, uh, glad to have you here. We're actually in your office uh, recording this right now, uh, which, is, uh, which, is, which is fun, of course. So could you tell me a little bit about your background and also how you got started and how you started this, uh, this whole journey? Yeah, thanks, Amr. Thanks for having me. Um, I think uh, just a little bit about myself. My name is Jeroen, as you, as you said. Uh, I grew up in the Netherlands, uh, but studied in the US and in the UK. And after that, I worked for uh, one of the uh, Dutch major banks. Um, and after seven years, I switched over to, uh, to Funding Circle uh, and literally started uh, alone in the Netherlands to build the business here uh, with obviously a lot of help from our, um, from our other countries we were already um, operating in. And um, yeah, has been growing quickly over the last four and a half years. So uh, now with, uh, with around 65 people here in Amsterdam. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty fast. Yeah, we, uh, what I was wondering about is that um, how uh, how do, uh, what does what does actually the service that you want to provide? So what do you try to do as Funding Circle? Yeah, so what we do is actually pretty simple. We just connect two two groups of people. So on the one hand, it's small business, small business looking for finance. Okay, and on the other hand, it's investors that are in, you know, looking for a fair and stable return on their investments. We're bringing those two together. Mm-hmm. And on the small business side, it's, um, it's very wide. I mean, it could be any small business that is looking for finance. Uh, but still, it's also, I could, you could say, it's a pretty homogenous group, right? Because it's small business. But on the other side, on the investor side, it's very diverse. So you literally have you and me investing maybe 100 euros or maybe you 1,000 because... Maybe you have a bit more than I have, yeah. or less. And on the other hand, you have big institutional investors that do uh, you know, millions and millions or even billions uh, through our platform. Mm-hmm. And we're bringing th- those two together. So for the, uh, for the small business, it's a great opportunity to, to tap into finance. Um, and for the investor, it's actually a new asset class. Because in the past, for an investor, it would be really hard to invest in a lot of small businesses in, um, in, in, in the economy. Mm. And how, how does it work? So say, for instance, I'm a small business and I want to, uh, I want to get funding for a, a project that I have or an idea that I have. How, how does that work with your, pro- with your platform? Yeah, so, um, so if you are, we, we actually, we don't do startups. So we mm. only do businesses that exist for two years. Okay. But let's assume your business has been, has been, has been there for at least two years. Um, what you do is you just go to our website um, and you apply online, which takes you somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes. And after that, it comes to us. We review, and within 24 hours, we come back to you with a proposal. And then it's up to you to take the proposal or not. Mm. So that's really, uh, so you tell us a little bit about your business. You tell us a little bit about your financial uh, health. And you, you tell us how much you actually need. So for example, you need 50,000 euros for new equipment or anything, anything else you need for working capital. Yeah. And then we tell you what you can uh, borrow through our platform. So is, is it a little bit like, uh, so you have these kind of crowdfunding platforms for uh, all kinds of projects and stuff. Is it a little bit like that or does it work a little bit different than, than what you normally see in a crowdfunding platform? Yeah, so, so we are an, an online, uh, online platform, an online lender. So we really facilitate between those two. And I would say uh, we have around 90,000 uh, retail investors. Okay. So these are really directly investing in those loans. But then they're, as I said, they're also institutional investors. So really connecting those two players, the small business on the one hand and the investor on the other hand. And um, that could be, as I said, could be very small, um, like retail investor up to 
you know, very large institutional investments. Mm. And is there kind of a, a limit to what you say? So you're saying small uh, businesses, of course. So is there kind of an upper limit of uh, how big a company can be that someone can invest in? Yeah, so what we uh, what we typically do is loans between 10,000 euros mm-hmm. and 250 here in the Netherlands. Um, so it really doesn't matter that much how big you are, but obviously... When you are corporate, you're not looking for a loan up to 250, right? You're yeah. looking for much bigger loans. So as long as you're in that uh, category of 10,000 to 250, um, y- yeah, you're welcome as a, as a customer from the uh, from the small business side. Okay, and so so when I look at it from the other side, right? So when I'm an investor, how how does that work for me? So what what if I want to invest in a company or a project or whatever? How does that process go? Yeah. So if you, um, it's actually also pretty simple. If you go to our website, you just um, see uh, lots of projects there or loans um, of companies. So let's say you're um, from a particular part of the country and you know a particular bakery that's online and you can invest in that. But you could also say, well, I'm just interested in investing. I just want to diversify as much as I can. Mm. So I put all my money in as many projects as possible. Um, so you, whether you invest in a loan for a bakery or a fast-growing tech company or a consulting firm or whatever it is, you just diversify. That could be a could be a strategy. And uh, very practically speaking, you see that um, that company online with a little bit of information about okay. that company. Uh, so a little bit of text about what they do, a little bit about you know why they want to actually borrow money, but also a little bit about the financial status. And so we give that project or that loan, we give them a rating. So it can be from A plus being the least risky mm. all the way to E being the most risky. And um, you just invest by clicking, let's say from 100 euros onwards, that's the minimum. Yep. And you click on that, that loan and you invest and then you confirm uh, through your email and then you have a dashboard and you can see how your, um, how your portfolio performs over time. So how, how, does, how does that rating system work? So who determines those ratings? Yeah, so we do. So... Um, a fairly large part of our organization is risk uh, oriented. Okay. So, for example, here in Amsterdam, we have a team of about 20 people constantly busy with grading those loans, with making sure there's no fraud involved, with uh, actually going through the numbers. Um, so, partly it's done by tech and partly it's still done by humans because mm. we believe in that combination. Um, where we actually can find the optimal risk uh, grade for our investors. Because mm. ultimately, uh, if we do well on the risk side, you know, customers will come back. They yeah. will keep investing, which means on the other side of the equation, we can keep lending to small business. And uh, how do you kind of keep track if that rating success was good? So uh, say, for instance, you're, you're giving a rate, rating of, I don't know, A+. Plus. Uh, how many times does it go wrong, right? So how many times do you... Uh, do you maybe have it correct or have it wrong, the, the rating? How, yeah. how do you do that? So we, uh, we report on everything we do. Mm. So we have every quarter we update our stats page, our statistics page, where you can see how different cohorts of loans, because we do now actually hundreds and hundreds of loans. Uh-huh. Actually, last year we did over 2,000 loans already. So over 2,000 loan businesses that we, we facilitate lending to in, in the Netherlands. And it's even b- bigger in our UK and US markets. Um, so we, every quarter we publish those stats and you can perfectly see how they perform. Mm. So for example, you can see that a cohort 2016 had, I'm just making up the numbers now, but had 2% default and 98% was doing well. So on that 2% default, we tried to collect money from those customers and make, you know, try to strike agreements with them to actually get more money back there. 
So that's, that's what we do. And we, we carefully monitor how those loans perform to your question, because that is amazing, valuable input on the other side, when yeah. on the start of our, um, of our business where we acquire customers. So as an investor, how do I get my money back? <laughs> That's always the question, right? So you're investing in something and you're re- expecting a return on investment in that case. So uh, how, how does that work? So how, does it, how do you get that uh, money returned in, yeah. in the end? No, that's a very good question. Yeah. In our business, not getting your money back is... Uh, <laughs> it's a problem. It's yeah. a problem, yeah, yeah, for sure. I always um, make that comparison with, let's say, selling shoes or anything else, a product. In essence, you want to sell as much as you can. Obviously, you need to make take care of the shoes are still of good quality, but in essence, you want to sell as much as you can. Whereas here, we only want to you know, sell money, quote unquote, um, but we want it back, as you said, because mm. otherwise there's no business. So it's easy to 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 lend a lot of money, and not getting it back, right? That's that's where it's all about. You're, so you're totally right. Um, in practice, how it works? You invest that back to that hundred euros. You invest it in that, let's say, bakery. Yep. Um, then um, you invest that hundred euros. That you know, we we put all the money together from all those different investors or one institutional investor, and then it's paid out to that borrower. And from that moment onwards, the borrower starts to pay back. Okay. Every month. So every month you receive repayments from that loan and interest. Mm. So repayments plus interest, and then slowly the loan, it's they're all amortizing loans. So the money flows back into your account plus interest. Yeah. And how, how does it work from your perspective? Because you're doing the platform, you're doing kind of the heavy lifting of connecting those people. So how do you uh, get uh, something back on that investment that someone did? How, how does that work? Yeah. So our business model is extremely simple, uh, again, um, because on the one end, we ask a one-off fee from the borrower from that SME, uh, SME customer. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, we ask for a 1% fee, you could say an, an asset management fee or whatever you like to call it, uh, from, that cust- from the investor. So meaning the small business pays, let's say, 7% interest on the loan, uh, the investor will get six. Mm-hmm. So we always deduct with 1%. So we get on both sides, we spread quite evenly the, uh, the cost for our platform. Okay. And um, to go back to those small companies or those small medium uh, enterprise uh, customers, so how do you? Uh, what are kind of the challenges that you see that are being faced by those by those companies at the moment, and how do you see that kind of evolving in the in the near future? Yeah. So literally, and it's surprising to me still, but literally from the day we started in 2010 in the UK all the way down now to 2019, has always been pretty much the same story, which is one. There is a gap between what banks do and the need of SMEs in terms of finance. Mm-hmm. That's problem number one. Number two, service is still pretty bad. Not everywhere and not always, but generally speaking, banks are just not providing the service. Thirdly, speed just takes long. Even if you do get a loan or you at the end you get a no, it takes long. And it's not a simple and easy process. Yeah. So that's everywhere the case. And so what we try to do is make it a nicer experience, make it a faster experience. And then obviously we do say no to a lot of customers, unfortunately, because you know the risk needs to be good so we can do it. But that's what we do. So really, there is still a large problem in, uh, I'm now talking for the Netherlands because that's the country I'm yeah, running, sure. yeah. but where, where just small business, they primarily want to be business, they want to be busy with their business and not with getting a loan. 
and that is still a big a big problem mm. has yeah. not changed that much to be honest yeah and uh looking at it from a bank's perspective so do they kind of see you as a competitor to their loans how, how do they how do they view your platform in that sense i mean <laughs> i can i can imagine that they will probably say okay uh, it's interesting what these guys are doing with uh, with their loans. So, uh, how do they view you? How do they how do they see what you're doing with this platform? Yeah, that's really a really good question because I've seen it evolving over time. Yeah. So in the beginning, when we started, they were like, "Okay, what are these? You know, these semi tech fin fintech guys are doing? Is yeah. this serious or not?" Um, for sure, that's not the case anymore. We're very large. Um, as I said, we did over 2,000 loans last year. The whole industry has matured. Uh, one example of the size in the UK, uh, last uh, year, a couple of quarters, we did more than the top 20 banks combined. So all, those, all the loans from the big names in the UK, all these major banks did less than we did um, uh, if, you, if you talk about new business lending. Crazy, yeah. Um, so th- that's one answer to your question. It's been, we, we not, we're now a very serious player in the market, but it doesn't fully answer your question because you're like, how, do, how are they going to respond? How do they yeah. view you? Well, I see different things there. Um, one thing I see is they are, they're just not interested in small business. That's a part of the banks or part of particular banks. They're just not really interested in their find that others play that role. Then there is a group that thinks, hey, they're eating up my lunch, and so I'm going to start my own platform. Mm. That could be a, a, another response we're yeah. seeing in the market. And thirdly, there is a group that just thinks we're going to cooperate, just going to work together, either refer customers or take a stake or fund loans on the on the On the, on the investor the side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's different responses, but overall... Um, the interesting thing for us uh, as an industry and for us as a company is that we're now, after nine years of collecting data, are not that player anymore that doesn't have data. Mm-hmm. We actually have a lot nowadays. And obviously we have more in the UK. We, we have been operating for you know, additionally four years than compared to the Netherlands. But also here, we've been collecting data. We're now, in some ways, we're actually ahead, I would say, in, in, in terms of uh, data. But... We don't have that big brand name for in the Netherlands. We do have in the UK, much bigger, but still in the Netherlands, you know, the major bank names, you know them. There are, you know, they have literally 100% um, uh, coverage in terms of that people know their names. Yeah, and the, the, the crazy thing here is that uh, when you say you are better or uh, one step ahead in the kind of data department is that maybe that would be interesting for them to see, for example, those rating systems, right, that you have in place. Maybe that's interesting for them as a as a company as well. But I was, I was um, when, I, when you were talking about that, I was kind of wondering about uh, something else because you, as you said, you started this from scratch basically in the Netherlands. So how, how did that process go? Because I'm, I'm kind of interested in that as well, because you, you had to grow uh, like some of these small enterprises need to do as well. So how, how did that process go? Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you, hopefully you're going to interrupt me after I start answering this question because no, I can no. talk for a long time about it. But go ahead. <laughs> really, uh, yeah, it's also something I, I love to talk about because it's been an extraordinarily journey for myself as well, right? I mean, four and a half years ago, I left, I left one of these major banks to, uh, to build this business, I wouldn't say, I mean, from scratch in the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah However, exactly. we had this, you know, huge experience in, in, in you know, uh, in, in the back of, of my pocket, basically, uh, including money and tech resources and, and people. But still, you're building it from scratch. So really, 
the first thing you do is literally incorporating the limited, getting the licenses from the regulator, and then you really start to build a name. That's what you do. You start to find your first customers. So, and in the beginning, that's harder because customers have no reference, right? There's nobody else that has taken the product from us. Yeah. So that's hard. Um, and one of the things I think we have done uh, we have done to make us more well known in a way that we could pay for it is just uh, talking to, uh, to 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 do PR, talking to media, and talking about our journey and talking what we wanted to achieve. And the good thing here is that the, what we want to achieve is to make the life of that small business better and opening up to a investor that can invest in an asset class, as I said earlier, that he has never done before. And that story actually resonates very well. Because mm. uh, if you go to a, a random cocktail party with family or friends or to a birthday, and you talk, and people, you know, you know, the second most asked question is, the first what is where you're from, <laughs> the second what you do. Uh, you have this chance to talk about, um, you know, experienced customers, small business, half with banks. And like literally when you mentioned that sentence, Everybody says, oh, yeah, I have that story. You know, my friend, my, my family member, my, you know, that was terrible. It was hard to get. So for us, selling this is relatively easy because people like it, what we do in general. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, yeah. I, I, I was wondering, uh, within, because when I, when I asked you about it, you kind of lit up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm kind of wondering, why is this so important to you? So uh, why is why is this whole this whole because you were in the kind of banking world uh, it, it, did that also kind of um, kind of give you the 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 kind of motivation to start start this up why is this so important Yeah I mean it's so important for me personally because I've been working with SMEs now for over 10 years and and really um if you want to book a hotel in the other the, the other side of the world it's at your fingertips right it's mm -hmm. pretty easy you go to one of these major websites and you you get your hotel yeah. or whatever it is, you know, um, you can get it in, online and quickly. And with this part of, uh, of, the, of the economy, which is a vital part, right? You know how big SMEs are in terms of employment, how big they are in terms of uh, innovation and all that. They're, they're really a vital part of the economy. But this part was pretty much untouched, right? You've seen disruptions in nearly every industry, um, but not here. And so on the one hand, I, I, I saw this, you know, already becoming big in, in like in the US or in, in, in the UK. And I was like, this is great because we can use this fintech um, to, to really help small business. And uh, the idea of helping small business one step further is just a great idea, in, in my view, because they are, you know, taking on the bigger guy, as we always say, and, and that's something that, that is inspiring. And every time I visit, I've, I've been visiting hundreds of SMEs over the years, and every time you step into that small business, whether that be a place where you can have a coffee or whether that be a fast-growing tech company or whatever it is, it's always exciting if you hear those people talking about their business. Yeah, and that's why I also get excited because this is my business. <laughs> yeah, and they and and they have the, those ambitions, right? That you have when you're starting a, a when you're starting up, or when you're maybe when you're in there for two years or something like that. You're like, okay, I I got it this far, but now how am I getting it to the next step, right? And that's that's I think the the hard part there is all, it always boils down to money in that in that respect, right? And that's that's what you try to to fill in. So. Uh, going back to that uh, kind of startup phase for for the Netherlands, so how is that um, how is that 
from a perspective of the people in the UK, for example, where it started. So how, how did they help you? So how did they uh, provide you with the the, thing, the tools actually to, to make it a success here? Yeah, so I mean, the greatest thing you have when you build a business under the umbrella of a, of a business that has, has already had success is that they have had failures, right? Yeah. They have learned what worked really well and what didn't work well. So a lot of these things you just didn't need to do again. So that's great. There was, uh, um, you know, a lot of tech resource to do things. There's a lot of um, a lot of resource around how to get the the, the right regulation in place. Um, and then there's obviously all kinds of, you know, help you're getting with the fact that we have a smart lawyer there, or we have someone that is specialized in dealing with data or getting access to uh, uh, external data we want to buy, and all those things. Um, are, you know, you cannot literally copy-paste everything, but there is a lot you can copy-paste. Because the banking landscape in the UK is not very different. You also have a couple of banks that dominate the industry. Um, Obviously, language is different, but the needs of the small businesses everywhere the same. Banks are, are, you know, it's underserving uh, these customers. So really, there's a a lot of things you you can, and and we did. Yeah, and of course, the platform, right? And the platform itself, absolutely. So um, when you were starting out, did you just use the platform that was already there or did they kind of have to create something for the Dutch market as well? How did that work? Yeah, so we uh, actually, uh, when we started, we, we were, uh, we were acqu- Funding Circle acquired the business here. Ah, okay. So there was already a small business in, in Netherlands in Germany that was acquired by Funding Circle. Ah, so okay. they took over that platform and later on merged it into the, uh, the, the platform with Funding Circle. Ah, okay, so, that makes uh, sense. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, what I was wondering about as well is that, uh, so... Every company has that kind of transition from starting up and going to scale up and stuff like that. So, how do you how did you streamline it? Because uh, when you when you look at it, you started a few years ago and you went from one person to sixty or sixty five employees at the moment. So, how do you kind of streamline the, that process, right? So, it, that's something that all kind of startups or scale ups have problems with, right? They need to have processes in place. They have communication and stuff like that. So, how did that how did that go? How how did you uh, transition to uh, what you have right now yeah so i think the the what we did and i think which worked quite well is is ultimately um um combining the formal with the informal and what do i mean with that is on the one hand this is a, a financial business with a lot of help from tech right hmm. or a tech business with you know a lot of finance in it whatever <laughs> you want to call it we're yeah. doing both but you want to have a couple of things given it's a, a you're dealing with other people's money and a lot of other people's money, you have formal processes in place, right? You cannot get around that. So we have these risk committees, these operational risk committees, reputational. So we have all these formal things. You need to have that in place. Mm. So you wanna, you cannot be informal about that. It's about other people's money. You need to be extraordinarily strict. Um, that's the, I would say the, the risk compliance side of the business. That's the formal thing. You just get it in place, structure it well, make sure you know every deadline is met and, and everything. Uh, everything you agree on is actually implemented. It's important for licensing as well, I as think, well. right? Yeah. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's what you need to, you, you should expect from a, from a financial business. Then on the other hand, you have the informal. Because without people that are excited about what we're doing, you never grow that quickly. Because people need to, you know, join you on the bandwagon of the success, of the journey. And so for me, it has always been on these two sides where I've been operating. On the one hand, be very strict, very formal. That's mainly when it has to do with the financial part of the business. And on the other hand, you want to really have that informal part. Mm. So whether that is going to do fun stuff with each other, 
and you know enjoying successes together we're still getting together with the entire company every tuesday so literally yeah. we're now 1000 people in the in the five countries we're in and we're still getting together on screens so still these kind of things the informal is extraordinarily important yeah. and whether it be ping pong table or doing fun stuff together um but but yeah those two it's formal and informal in my view yeah, and the, what I was wondering about is that uh, you said you get together on screens as well. Um, uh, why? So why? Uh, so what do you kind of discuss with, for example, uh, other countries that are doing the same thing? What are kind of things that come up that uh, you also need to discuss with other company or other countries and stuff like that? So what what comes up? Yeah, so if we if we talk about this this every week meeting, we were coming together for like five minutes. This is like a global update, right? Sure, it could yeah. be we're going to a new country. Everybody's excited about it. We recently announced that we're going to Canada. Obviously, everybody finds that cool, right? After the, the, the US, the UK, and Germany, Netherlands, where we're already in, moving to a new country. Sure. Or it could be um, the new results of our statistics page we talked about earlier. Or you know, it could be these big updates. Or we have had a, a big funding deal recently with the European Investment Bank. Those things, that's where you do update. Or people update. We just hired a new great person from another company yeah um but then there's also you know more uh there's a lot of cooperation in on other other forums where we just see hey in the netherlands we have a new program to serve sole traders or in the uk we have a new way of working with partners or in the us we just have struck a we just struck a new partnership with a, a another big institution and then we can learn from each other that's what we do in those other forums yeah, yeah and then you can also of course see okay are there like patterns right so are there patterns that are in other countries that uh, maybe don't happen yet in for example the netherlands or whatever and we can just take them over and uh, try them as well right spot on yeah so um what I wanted to ask about as well is that um, uh, I love communication in that sense that uh, I really like to see how c companies work. So I, I've seen your office now and it's kind of in a U-shaped <laughs> U shaped form. And I see a lot of teams that are uh, uh, yeah, grouped together. How do, you, uh, how do you keep that information flowing, right? So that's, that's something that I've noticed is that even in really small companies, it, uh, it can go wrong really fast just because there is no... Uh, real communication. How do you try to keep that in place and have everybody uh, communicating with each other? Yeah, I mean, I think it is, um, it is, it becomes more challenging with every new person you add. And clearly this is still a relatively small, you know, small number of people. So here people still talk and people know each other. But I think, I mean, there's all these, these management gurus saying around 150, you will seriously get in trouble. Yeah. I don't know whether it's true. We still need to find out. Uh, but yeah, it, it becomes harder, especially if you're not at the same floor anymore. But here, I think it's still easy. A lot of people have been with the business for a while and, you know, people know each other's name and you still meet each other at the same coffee place. So I think here it's still okay. And, and then you need to do all those small things you know you're pairing up people you're doing lunches with different teams you're having events you know you need to do all those small things to for example i still do every month a welcome presentation to every new joiner so i just you know tell my story a little mm. bit what we're doing now and then yeah. a little bit more about the business so 
Yeah, I mean, all those things help, but I think uh, up to 150 here will be will be will be safe. And then after that, I'm going to answer your question again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I, I'm definitely checking it again that, because that that meant that you were really on a good path. So what what, what I was uh, what I wanted to say is that I I know I know that from a fact. So uh, when I was working at Mirabeau before, uh, which is uh, at the time it was like 250, 300 people. The the kind of founders, or at least part of the founders, always would go on a dinner with uh, people that were new to the company, right? Which is pretty weird, right? You're you're uh, starting off and you're maybe there for a month or two months, and, and then you need to go to a dinner with the founders, and you're like, okay, but I haven't spoken to these people at all, right? <laughs> and it's two hundred fifty and three hundred people, and. Uh, uh, what they kind of do with that, of course, is that they will still have once a simple personal connection, right? They will know who that person is, a little bit about their background, and that's pretty much it, right? So, uh, yeah, I, th I think that definitely after the 150, you will probably have to end up doing something like that as well. It, it, I, but I can imagine that it's still, um, it, it's a little bit trickier to get a personal connection, right? Maybe with the first 10 or 20 people that you get, you can still have a real personal connection. And then after that, it, yeah. how, was the, how was your experience in that? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, is, it is tough because I'm a kind of guy that really likes to know someone, get to know someone on a, on a bit deeper level than just saying, hello, good morning, how was your weekend? And didn't really listen to the question and just, you know, go on with your work. But ultimately, you know, you, we're running a bigger business now. It's a fact, right? We're we're pretty big. We have uh, billions under management and and thousands and thousands of customers. So, um, you know, at some point it becomes just you know a, a bit more um, you know a bit more size where you can't be you can't know everyone. But for me, what's crucial is and and where I've been, I think I've been very lucky that I had. You know, I could handpick my managers, right? Um, and uh, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't yeah. know. But <laughs> well, it's good. I mean, you need to know who's working for you. I mean, sure. But yeah. I mean, um, but 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 again, uh, that means that um, you know, having picked your managers, that means that you hopefully have a chance to give kind of what kind of culture you wanted to get, give that to those managers, and really trust that they will, you know, of course, have their own. Uh, a part in that, but the general focus of the business still, you know, trickles through the management to to the rest of the company. But again, sixty five is not that much. No, it's no. pretty. I still have uh, one on ones with people across the business, and uh, equally, we, as I said, globally, we're now over a thousand people. That becomes, of course, a bit harder to do. Yeah. But still, there's very strong connections. Also, one thing that is really interesting to mention is uh, two out of the three founders of Funding Circle are still running the business, right? So one is the CEO of the entire group, and the other one is the managing director for the UK. Mm. So you have this very strong commitment. You know, I think a founder is the one that has the strongest commitment. Of yeah, all, for right? sure. I mean, yeah. it should be at least. More here, than an investor or whatever. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. So here there is these two founders are strongly committed to the business. And I think that is something I love to work. I mean, I love to work with them mm. uh, being the ultimate founders of the business. So that's, uh, that helps a lot for the culture. Yeah. And talking about culture. So you have, uh, uh, you're in multiple countries. So how uh, do those company cultures bet between those countries also differ from one another? How do you view that? I mean, you, I can imagine you're, you're, you've visited the other ones in the other countries, of course, but uh, how do you, uh, do, do you see a difference between those cultures? I mean, uh, yes, I've been in all of them apart from Denver, where we also have a pretty large office now, but uh, San Francisco, I think first and foremost, it's the differences between the country cultures, right? Not necessarily funding circles. So obviously, 
Um, there is a different culture in Silicon Valley or in, we're in downtown San Francisco um, than there is in, 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 in downtown Berlin, right, where we are as well. But I think overall, uh, purely physical, the offices look pretty much the same or have the <laughs> same like branding, yeah. which makes it always fe feel very much at home. When I walk into the San Francisco office, I feel very much at home because it's the same. Um, so, so that's uh, like the country is one answer, the country, um, then the branding. And then I think thirdly, it is really about that it, it attracts very ambitious and motivated people that, are, that, that want to work internationally as well. They want to work in that country, but also want to have a lot of contact internationally. So we're, I mean, one of the greatest things for me to work here now, uh, especially, is like the amazing talent, talent we, we attract. Yeah. So these are people from like very well-known institutions, whether that be you know Google, Twitter, like you know all these big names, yeah. but also from bigger banks and other bigger financial institutions. We're attracting really, really great people across the board. And wh why do you think they come to work at Funding Circle? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think very. I mean, as always, different reasons why people come. But I think in general, people just love the idea of what we're doing. Mm. The the idea, the simplicity of the idea is really good. Yeah, it is. It's super simple. It's just taking out the balance sheet of the bank, connecting money from the real economy to the real economy, opening up an asset class, and on the other hand, serving small business that have a very hard time. Uh, with getting access to finance, but at the same time are really that vital part of the economy. I mean, I've said it before, but it's so important for our business. Yeah. yeah. And uh, w what I'm wondering about is that um, when you look at, uh, for example, the banks and stuff like that, they're very, very big corporations, right? So what would happen if, for example, you grow to, I don't know, tw 200 people, 500 people? Do you think that in the end you will probably end up with something the same as the banks? Uh, I mean, that, that could, uh, when you look at it from that perspective, uh, why does it take so long at a bank, right? Uh, how, how do you view that? I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah. So first, and f first of all, there's, one, there's two structural big differences between sure. a ba what a bank does and what we do. One is... We only have one product. It's as simple as that. We don't do anything else, right? Sure. Um, so it's just a small business loan. Um, so that's a big difference. I mean, with, with banks, they often have hundreds or even thousands of products, right? And they have accounts and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, and there is, th that's a huge difference because it brings focus, focus, focus for us. Sure. We don't need to think about anything else and just delivering that core product. So that's one structural difference. I think the other structural difference is really the fact that we are um, that that we are there with a you know very much a mission. We really want to, and I'm not going to repeat it again. But yeah, that's, you know I've said it before what we want to do, and that is very different from a bank. I think. Yeah. So these are two structural differences. Maybe I can even add one, which is we don't have a balance sheet. So when a, a loan goes bad, then it hits an investor, but it's not. It doesn't hit hit the equity of the business like it hits the equity of a bank. And we know from the financial crisis what can happen if the equity of the bank is hit. So these are structural differences. And then, and then there are, of course, there are all kinds of, of other differences. But I think these three already make, you know, make it very, um, yeah, make it very uh, uh, different. I think um, whether you ultimately want to become as big as a bank is probably not necessary. As That's long. a question, yeah. Because we, because we have that one product and we automate more and more and we use tech, you know, wherever we can. Um, that that's also a question if we want to ever we will ever grow that big as as a as a bank that has we don't have branches right yeah, yeah we only have these course. five offices which which we, is what we have so Ma makes it a lot easier of course yeah. to to manage so 
um, what I wanted to ask uh, to wrap up the last question. Uh, so what are you most proud of since you started on this whole journey that, uh, that you're on right now? I mean, where I'm very proud of is that I've seen, I, I've helped a small business within, uh, within the bank. Um, and that was always good. It was always great to help small business. But I'm very proud of that. We have really changed something in that industry. And obviously we're not, you know, we don't do everything perfect, right? We make our own mistakes. But ultimately, just the idea that we have changed a little bit, the system for the better, is really what makes me very proud. And obviously, yes, I'm very proud of the people that work. I'm very proud of what we have built. I'm very proud that, we, you know, all the growth. But ultimately, that we have, we have had our share in changing the system a little bit is something I'm very proud about. The impact, right? <laughs> it's always exactly. about the impact. Exactly. So uh, thank you, of course, for, for your time. Uh, where can people find Funding Circle on the internet? Yeah, so fundingcircle.com. Uh, okay. That's uh, probably the best. Yeah, and it's uh, for all countries, uh, it's on that website, right? So you yeah, can so we space. just have pictures of flags and you can click through. Sure. Thank you for your time, uh, Jeroen. Uh, and of course, for the listeners, you can find the Bits vs. Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com and also on all major podcasting platforms. And of course, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's all Bits vs. Bytes. And I would like to thank you for listening and until next time.